boy. That's a softball question? That's a softball. I think that this is, <laughs> feels like the hardball question. Oh, just wait. Uh, just wait. <laughs> Welcome to Switching Lenses, a podcast that attempts to break down cultural assumptions and then view those from a more biblical lens. I'm Josh Phillips, joined by Shane Skirvin. Shane, we are at the end of 2019. It's the end of the year. It's our last podcast of this year. Um, to open the show, well, first off, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing good. Yeah. I should give you a chance to talk right here. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing good. Uh, what I want to do on this episode, um, kind of at the beginning here, um, just to kind of start with. Uh, Shane, I sort of ask you a question here, not to put you on the spot too much, but since we are at the end of 2019, we're at the very end of the year. Was there for you a significant moment in 2019 that, um, and this could mean a lot of things. This could have been something that you thought was really important to our country, to the church, to the world. Um, something that was really had some kind of significance to you that was really important to you. Was there a moment like that that stands out to you? Well, that's a lot of pressure, Josh. That's, uh, <laughs> I know, I know. I'm throwing this on you here. <laughs> but you know, my favorite, I will say this, my favorite news story um, in an era when there's so much uh, finger pointing and talk of grievance, uh, my favorite news story was when, uh, I believe his name is Brandon, Gene, when he no. uh, publicly forgave his uh, his brother's killer. Was that yours? Yes, that was mine. That was the <laughs> one I was going to pick. That's good that we didn't. We did not plan that. that. Yeah, I, I got to it first. Yeah. We did not plan that at all. <laughs> but that was my favorite. I I love seeing a public apology about pretty much the deepest um, uh, wound that you can receive. So I thought it was pretty epic. I totally agree. That was, it was such, oh my gosh. Like when I heard that, I was just like, oh, just like, please like plaster this all through the news, get it all over social networking. Man, it was just, we, all need to hear it. we never yeah. see that. And it's one of those things, you know, you ask yourself, I hope that I could do that someday. If that, if that ever happened to me, but I, I don't know. I, I'd like to think that I could say that or do that, but I don't know. But to have a very close one, a loved one be killed and to be able to say what he said to her. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was blown away by that. I thought that was incredible. Yeah. I was, I, I, I hope that, I mean, it impacted me. I really hope that, I hope it impacted a lot of people because that was, that was wild. Can't believe you awesome. took my idea. Can't believe you. <laughs> it's from your uh, from your neck of the woods too. I know, yeah, from right here in the DFW yeah. area. I'm gonna think of another one on the spot right here. Uh, I can't <laughs> one. I had this one all ready to go. I was like, I'll tell him. I'll let Shane get his in first, then I'll close with mine. But nope, you took mine. That's okay. You know, I thought you might know. I thought we might have the same. Yeah, uh, we talked about it before. Uh, just because we both thought it was so uh, cool, so that's why I didn't want to mentioned before so i had to find another one i thought hey let's just keep it secret that's okay that's okay <laughs> last podcast episode yeah, have, in 2019 you have to forgive me now right yeah. i i know if i yeah, exactly if i'm in a shane uh if i could just give you a hug right now <laughs> oh boy okay um uh, what are we gonna do what are we gonna do uh as always you can con- you can reach us on twitter at lenses switching you can email the show at switchinglensespodcast at gmail.com. And you can also find us on Facebook and coming soon on Instagram and YouTube. Shane, I haven't even talked to you about that yet. but uh, No, we'll, I didn't know that. Yeah, we'll talk We'll talk more about that later on here. Me and you and then also on the podcast. But yeah, we're bringing, bringing some video into this. So, but that's that's for the future. We'll talk about that later. So anyways, so we got a really unique idea for a podcast. This was an idea. You, actually, you came up with just minutes after our last podcast, after we were done recording. You came up with the idea and said, what if we did kind of a Q&A kind of thing where I came up with some questions, you came up with some questions. We don't tell each other. We do no show prep for this whatsoever other than coming up with our own questions. And we'll ask them right there live and do sort of like a, like a live Q&A kind of deal. And I thought, hey, what a great idea. Let's let's do that. Um, we, we certainly like listening to people like Robbie Zacharias and all of his team and other people like that. They do this in front of a giant crowd of people on the spot. Um, we've never tried this before. So this can kind of be like our extremely pint-sized version of that. Much, much, much Big less boy. pressure. <laughs> uh, well, it's not, it's not, you know, it's not that close. It's not, it's really not. But uh, just a chance for us to sort of like right here, because we're not going to edit any of this. I mean, nobody's going to believe us. But anyways, uh, if I'm really digressing here. 
but yeah, so we're gonna, we've we've come up with questions. Uh, Shane, how many did you come up with? Um, roughly four. Okay, I'm at about six, but I know we're not going to get to all these. Yeah, but I just wanted to get some to just have some a gra- kind of a grab bag to pick from, and then okay. we'll. Uh, cause I know we're not going. I probably. I, I, I'm guessing we both get like two in. Is my guess. Oh wow! Because I know how much you go on and on and on and on about stuff. Just joking. So. Um, yeah, this is, so this will be fun. So we're going to do, so we, we, just to be clear, we've, I have no idea what questions you're going to ask me. You have no, no idea what questions I'm going to ask you. And we're just going to go back and forth on here. Kind of our own little Q and A. I started to call this, uh, what did I call it? Uh, kind of Q and A face off, but we're not trying to really like bust each other. Although I do have one. I'm kind of curious. I'm not, one I'm definitely asking. You're gonna I'm, throw I'm, a hard bar. Yeah, I got a couple. I got. Yeah, actually, the way I designed this is I have. I got a couple softballs. The first two are softballs, and then I went. Throw me off guard. Then I went with some tougher ones after that. I thought, <laughs> but uh, we'll see. Oh, so how do you want to do this, Shane? Do you want to? Who, who, who's going to ask first? Uh, how about you? Is that okay? Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, first? sure. You ask me. Yeah, yeah. Okay. 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 I'm ready. This gives I me think. the chance. So if you have my same question, too bad. You have to. You have to answer mine. I don't have to answer yours. So, okay. Um, all right, so let's, let's start this off here. We'll try to get as many questions in as we can. Uh, some of these might be short. I just kind of feel like these could be kind of kind of longer answers, I feel like. Um, okay, Shane. Let's start with this one. Okay. Um, okay, Shane. Uh, question number one. If I'm a good person who does more good things than bad things, and I live a happy life. So I'm, I'm happy with what I've done. And I, and I feel like I do a lot more good things than bad things. Why would I need God? Oh, boy. That's a softball question? That's a softball. I think this is, <laughs> feels like the hardball question. Oh, just wait. Uh, just wait. <laughs> okay. Um, if so you're a good person. To put this another way. Okay. This will give me, this, this is some, uh, what do they call it whenever you, you're scrambling? Like you need some. When you say a bunch of things while you're tr- really trying to think of your answer, what's that? I forgot what that's called. I don't know why it's escaping me right now. Um, we just kind of ramble. So uh, what this came from was uh, who I always reference, Cameron McAllister, uh, one of my favorite apologists um, and podcast hosts. Uh, he was saying how his worst fear going into ministry was the happy pagan. That was a person he yeah. thought was the hardest person to answer because the people that were desperate in their lives for things he felt like those he could provide an answer easier to them but to the person that said you know you have nothing to offer me because i'm happy and i'm content with the way that i am what have you got to say to me he said that was that was his like worst fear at first yeah. going into ministry so sure. um so and she- i get that because I, I i've ran I, yeah i i think that's a super valid point um you know there's a couple of different ways uh to look at that that's actually kind of a complex one of my favorite let me i'll start off with one of my favorite um one of my favorite ways to look at this is if you create a hierarchy of good and bad, and you have to have you have to have morality, but if you create a hierarchy of good and bad, and only good people go to heaven, you know you're really creating this merit based system that excludes so many people. You know, um, I love one of my favorite aspects about the gospel and about Christ is that anyone, anywhere, at any time, you know, I love saying that phrase. I love how it's available to anyone. They can lift up their head at any point of their life and accept God and not have the pressure, the stress, not only individually of, did I ever do good enough? Did I ever do enough? What, you know, you don't know until the end of your life with the scales, right? Mm-hmm. Um, this idea that if you've done good enough to be in that group, you know, the, the happy pagan or the good pagan to be there, you know, who, who sets that standard? And if, if it's this floating and then it's constantly in comparison. You know, is this guy better than me? Is um, am I better than them? And it becomes a, a real swamp because all of us can justify all kinds of things, right? Right. Any person that's lived any length of time. So it to me that question illuminates um, the the absolute uh, the availability of the gospel or and of of Christ to anyone at any time. You know, if you're uh I'm trying to think of like how uh, so ask your ask your question one more time so I can try to fit that. <laughs> so okay, maybe there's kind of two parts to this. Uh the person first off that says um if I've done more good things than bad things and then I'm also happy with my life. Why would if I I'm need God? 
If if I yeah, if I it, if I view if I view myself as, um, I don't know if they would say yeah. as a moral person. They might, yeah. but they just say, well, I've my good deeds outweigh my bad. I'm deeds. happy with me. Yeah, I'm happy with me. So I'm not, I'm not a bad person. Yeah, yeah, and so you know, to me that um, that just flies in the face too. That statement. I mean, I immediately what I, I I think of with that is you know all of human history in all of humanity and every person that knows their uh, any kind of accountability to any kind of standard, you know, we're not meeting it. You know, I can understand someone say, well, I forgive me, but then you're back. You've just created a mini moral law and a mini, you've set yourself in the place of that you're forgiving yourself of the moral law. So you still have a savior. You still have a moral law. You've just made it you. Yeah. You know, and if you're saying I'm happy with me, I forgive me. You know, which which is a valid point, right? I mean, that's a pretty complex. I mean, you're really talking about all of human history and all of human behavior. So it's mm-hmm. actually a huge question if you look at it at a, at a certain level. But I, I would say this: you're still creating a moral law and a savior. It's just you. And I would say, are you sure? Yeah. You know, like, are you sure that all the hinge of history and uh, all all uh, human community and history, and it all comes down to you accepting yourself? for the moral standard that you have set up, you know, to me, that's a, that's the definition of uh, a really tiny world. If you're your own moral law and moral savior, you know, I, I just, I, and you're unrelated to any, uh, anything else that's going on. You know, to me, one of the reasons why I believe the gospel is I believe it's the truth and the definition of truth. One of my favorite definitions of truth is that it's the uh, closest uh, it's, it's the uh, truth is uh, reality. You know, it's that the it's the closest. It's what you see and what what's around you that is reality. It's, a, it's that's what truth is. It's it's a reality. And so I don't think um, when you look at all the evidence, I think it points to a bigger story than just you setting up your own moral law and you accepting yourself. And so you're good. I, I believe that there is an objective truth to Christianity that stands apart from any person. Otherwise, it's not truth, right? right? If you have your own personal truth, by definition, it's not truth. So that's a, that's a clumbersome. Uh, I'm sorry if I get a little rum, uh, rumbling and uh, rambling and, and clumbersome, but you know that that uh, no man is an island. You know you can't live or die to yourself. You're excluding yourself from all the rest of your, of the human family, and you're denying the the fact that there's a central narrative for all of us. So to me, it fails that. That position fails at the personal level, and then it fails at the the uh, objective truth level. You know, I don't think subjectively uh, internalizing all that, I, I don't think is an answer without reference to anything else, any central truth. So, uh, yeah, that would be my my answer. That's it's it's too small. I'll accept your answer. I think it sounds good. <laughs> I think that works. That's good. Yeah, that was a pretty hard one. Jeez. That's the softball. <laughs> I, I thought it was a common one, so I because we, yeah, we yeah. hear a lot of Q and A. So I was like, yeah. I'll go with a couple that I I, I picked two that I was like, I think these yeah. are two that you hear a lot. So yeah. I thought, no, it's it's super valid though. I mean, you're you're exactly right. I mean, I, I think it's a great question. I got a doozy for you later, but <laughs> go ahead. Okay, okay, I got mine. My turn. I got mine. Do I get asked now? It's your turn. Are you ready? Uh, are you sitting down? I am sitting, sitting down. down. I'm about yeah. as ready as I'm gonna be. Let's hear it. <laughs> So I know um, a little bit about your personal background that you have studied uh, different worldviews um, and religions and worldviews. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to ask you this. I am actually uh, curious because I know I, I don't know about this area as much as you do. And so I would say, how do you, uh, when you approach and are sharing your faith with someone from a Muslim background or Muslim or Muslim background, mm-hmm. um, what would be, how do you approach that? What do you think is the uh, a great way to start a conversation. If you had a Muslim coworker or friend um, or acquaintance, what do you think is a, a, how would you approach starting that conversation with them? Where would you, where would you begin? Cause I, you know, to be honest, I wouldn't know exactly where to begin. So I, I'm, I'm curious what you would say. Okay. Uh, yeah. I think the first thing to understand and again, okay. So just to be clear, like I'm um, a lot of, as you say, like I've, I, I don't, I don't know like a ton of people at a mosque. I don't, I've never lived mm-hmm. in another like an Arab country or Muslim dominated country. So really a lot of my stuff has just come from reading and listening to people talk. So just to be clear that there's my credentials or lack thereof yeah, we're, we're, right there. Well, we're saying that at the conversational level, we're, right. we're saying, 
Okay, I'm, I'm just trying to just make the claim. So, okay, so based on what I know and what I've heard and, um, and, and former Muslims who are now Christians speak and listening to existing Muslims, uh, I, the first thing I would, I would, I think I would, would want someone to know is, I, it, as opposed to what we're, it, this course might sound weird to Americans, but because of how uh, taboo religion is and politics is, as uh, my understanding in Muslim communities, it's the exact opposite. They love talking about that stuff. They love talking about the religion. They love to hear your opposing view and tell you their view. So I think you kind of have to remove sort of that that Western or really more Americanized taboo nature of religion and not feel so like you have to, like you're walking on eggshells. So I think you can feel free first off to have that conversation and, and be ready too, because they're, they're going to be ready too. They're ready to discuss it. It's not going to be somebody who's going to sit and wait till you're done because they're uncomfortable and just stop the conversation. <clears throat> so... And that's the first thing I, I would uh, I would want to understand. Uh, secondly, uh, if there's if they're a Muslim who's done their homework, they there's going to be some common objections that they're going to bring up, and the deity of Christ is number one. So it's uh, I would say be ready for that, uh, being able to have an answer. And I, I would guess a lot of astute Muslims are going to have Bible verses from from the New Testament uh, ready for you. So. Uh, I would, oh. I would be, I would be ready for that, um, being able to know how you're going to respond to that, and all. But, but the key, the main thing I would get across though, is when you're, like you said, you were saying, how do you, how do you speak to that Muslim neighbor of yours, your, your Muslim friend? How would, what would you do? The thing, I think the key thing to remember is that their view of Allah, their view of God, is God is great, uh, Alu Akbar, right? God is great, or God is greater. I think is what it actually means. But um, their view of God is that he is amazing. He is all-powerful. Uh, there's none that come close to him. In fact, one of their, their problems with Christianity is that uh, with, the, with the incarnation of Jesus is why would God ever lower himself to be with humans, number one, and then number two, let them kill him and make fun of him and mock him? That's not a great God. As Abdu Murray would say, who I love, I, I love listening to him and read his books and everything. You know, he would say, y'all sing that song, How Great Thou Art. It should be How Great Thou Art. And that's what his view was back when he was a Muslim. He was like, your God's not great because, because of the reasons I just said, of the, of the incarnation and other things as well too. And so I think it's really important to have that understanding and know where they're coming from. That so when you're sharing the gospel and you're 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 sharing the, Christ, the Christian message about and Jesus and everything, I would keep that in the back of my mind, knowing like I want to present this in a way and show how great Jesus really, really was. And and really, I would I don't want to say I don't want to say attack, but I would be ready to respond to some of those accusations that oh Jesus to be for God to be incarnated in man like that why, and that's 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 where I would go. That would be the entry point to the conversation for me. Is say, let me tell you why I think that's great and go into all the areas of sacrifice and what love really means in the greatest expression of love. Abdu Murray said um, for him, the biggest convincing, a uh, most convincing thing of Christianity, he, he said that he was never, um, he was never convinced that Islam was wrong and then became a Christian. He was, I'm pretty, he would word this so much better, but uh, he, he said that he, it was how great Jesus was. That's what got him to be a Christian. It wasn't so much like first figuring out Islam was yeah. wrong. It was, wow, yeah. look who Jesus is. And he was saying that... Reclaiming the truth as opposed to just tearing Islam down. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And he was saying how... Um, I really should have, well, of course, I didn't know we were talking about this, so I don't have it already. But he, he said something along the lines of the greatest possible being would show the greatest possible act in the greatest possible way. And he said the greatest possible being would be God, the greatest act would be love, and the greatest way to show it would be self-sacrifice. And so that- Oh, that's pretty mind-blowing. I like right. that. So that would be kind of my approach to a Muslim who would say like, Woo! if you, I know you, you're coming from the perspective that Jesus, God was lowering himself coming to earth, but let me flip that on you and say, actually, I think this shows how great he really is. And a great being would, would do that, would show the greatest, uh, the greatest act in the greatest possible way. So that would be, I mean, there's obviously a lot of ways you, you could go, you can start getting into. Awesome. That's awesome. a great you, job. You get Josh. a lot into, yeah. uh, you know, like the differences in, in belief and things like that and all that. I, but I think that's the best, that's the best way to go is just to, yeah. um, is that positive. Like here's, here's why God is so great. Cause I know that's why, that's what you think right now as a Muslim, you think God is great. Let me show you and let's, let's start the conversation there. 
Wow. I, well, I'll definitely accept that answer. That's what a good answer. Yeah. What a question. Thank you, Shane. That was a good question. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. You ready? <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Um, so here, I'll give my other kind of softball. Let me check and see how we're doing on time. Okay. We're doing well. We're doing okay. All right. So here's my other one. Then we'll do go to some of these other ones here. Uh, so Shane, question number two, if God is all knowing and all loving, why did he even put the tree of the knowledge of good and evil in the garden? Why did he even Ooh. put in, a ch- I guess, a, a chance for people to fail, I guess? Yeah. I don't know. However you yeah. want to word that. Why was yeah. the tree there if he's all loving and all knowing? So, uh, you know, I kind of have a two-part answer to this okay. um, uh, that I think just kind of – I have a um, – I definitely think, you know, there's the idea that love, and I definitely ascribe to this, that, you know, you're not really free unless you uh, have a choice. Mm-hmm. And that um, that there is no such thing as, that love cannot exist if it is forced. It's that, it's the, it's the opposite of love. And for love to actually exist, it has to be given. You have to be able to reject that, it. Yes. Right. And, and it has to be given. And love by nature gives. Which means if it to be received back, it has to be like you said, it has to have a choice. It has to be an ability to be rejected. And, and you know, just like if you were the only man on earth and there was only one woman left on earth and you're like, well, I guess I choose you, yeah. you know, she, she <laughs> uh, oh, or sweetheart. vice versa. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah. There would be this idea of, well, I guess, you know, are you freely choosing me? She wouldn't say yes, yes. There's no other option. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I would, I would say that there is, so you're saying, why was a tree there? I would definitely say it, there's a pretty strong indication that there was the aspect of free will, that there had to be the chance or the ability to, for Adam and Eve to fall for them to freely love God that, and I, I, be, I believe that I, I believe it was a matter of, uh, uh, to make free will possible, to make real choices with real consequences. Um, but I do believe that there is an aspect. I think it's important as Christians to say there is a mystery that we have a finite, uh, understanding. We have a finite intelligence and that there is a mystery to evil, uh, kind of in the unseen realm that we don't fully comprehend. There's an aspect of both knowledge and trust in our relationship of God. And I believe he, he has showed us knowledge that, that there is uh, free will involved and that there has to be, you know, real choices and real consequences. But I also believe that there is a mystery aspect of evil that we won't really know until um, we're beyond this life. You know, so I, I do think that there in in that story that there is both elements at play. I believe that there is mystery with evil, but then I th- and and some unanswered questions. But then I think we have a a pretty good understanding of the nature of free will and real consequences, and and I think that necessitate uh, a moral law and you know there's right and wrong, but then there's free will, but then there's redemption. You know that there is. Um, that there is a narrative there of, of values, you know, that, that Christians talk about that I, I believe that really make up the substance of everyone's life, you know, and all of our human history is wrapped up in those. So, you know, again, that's, it's really a pretty big, you know, we're, we're talking about why was a tree there, but really, I mean, all of us have real choices to make and all of us have made poor choices, right? right. The choices we should have made, you know, so we really see that tree at work, um, can I, can I follow up right? question? Sort of a side, a side note question. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, but I, I will say though, I do think. Let me just throw this out real quick. Um, I do think that that is by far this what would be perceived to be the story of our founding. I believe absolutely is the best picture of how humans really interact, both in our origin and our behavior all the time. So I know when we're we're talking about this tree and the fall. I think the fall, what it's called, the biblical idea of the fall right? Or principle mm-hmm. of the fall. I think that is, is an absolutely the best corresponding, corresponding principle to reality. I think that all of us have this idea of perfection, then all of us know the human condition where we mess, mess up and we're flawed, right? Mm-hmm. So I do think that that story is, um, I, I do have to make that comment. I do think it's unbelievably realis- realistic view 
of humanity. But what's your follow-up question? Well, it's kind of in line with something you were, you were already saying this. I, I, just, I didn't have this plan. I just mm-hmm. kind of thought of it as you were talking. And so I just, maybe it's more of a clarifying question, really, mm-hmm. is could free will have existed if the tree hadn't been there? Like, here, I guess uh, I, I don't believe so. I don't believe so. Here, I believe here's the other way of asking it. Was I, that th- the, I believe it had to be there. Yeah. Because free will has to indicate that you, as a part of free will, you'd have to be able to do, you should be able to sin against God, right? To disobey, yeah. Uh, yeah. to do something that separates you from God, right? Yeah. Could you, could yeah. they have done something else in the garden besides pick from that tree? Or was, or was pick, the picking from the tree, is that what just set everything else loose? All these other options suddenly appeared? I, mean, I don't know the, I know we don't, I don't know if we know the answer to that. Wait, 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 we're on that book question. What so are you asking? What I'm getting at is um, we know that sin started with picking from that tree, the tree of, of knowledge of good and evil, right? According to the Bible. That's, well, that human was, sin. Human. Oh, good answer. Well, maybe that's part of my answer then. Because uh, I think we also sometimes assume like that was the source of sin. So what I'm saying is um, if the tree hadn't been there, would sin have been possible? Could they have the human? Would could humans have done something else? Could Adam have, yeah, ran insulted off. his wife or ins- yeah, insulted or ran Eve off or-, or done something? I, I, you know, I think that that is kind of a redundant question in the sense that I, I do believe for us to have free will, we have to have an ability to turn away from God. You know, to to freely for us to be in this love relationship with God. I do think there has to be a real choice involved. So, if the tree wasn't so, there, would there have been no? Would it, would we have been just robots? Yeah, you think so? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I do. Yeah, I believe that. I believe that that I believe God allows humans to make real decisions. But every page of the Bible, He's calling forth a human. He's asking for and looking for a human response. He's asking for us to choose Him, to respond to Him, to respond to the divine. And have a relationship with both the divine and then because of that, a relationship with our fellow man that is viewed in the lens of the divine. So I, I think that is absolutely the source and the destiny. I, I mean, I believe every human was made and every human's destiny is to be in relationship, the right relationship with man and with God. Okay. And I think all every every aspect of human brokenness results from that. That's why when you do something that's wrong, you're like, I'm I'm you know, I'm not saying I'm sorry to the mountain. I'm not saying I'm sorry to the forest or the trees. All morality is personal. All morality is relational. And, and you know, I think that's the destiny of every human being. That's why to seek pleasure and materialism as the ultimate fulfillment of man, or if it's a uh, doctrine, whether secular humanism or, or other views that, that don't have that in line, that, 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 that relationship aspect with the divine, with their fellow man, I think that they're wrong. Ultimately, they're, they're something that turns evil. That's a good answer. I like that. A good little discussion oh, there. Okay. All right, Shane. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's go on to the next one. You got question number two for me. Ooh, let's hear it. Okay, I do. Uh, how are we doing on time? Are we doing okay? We're right about 30 minutes. Uh, we're, we're good. We're good. Okay. Um, okay. So I have, I have a question. How do you explain what is, quote, called uh-huh. theologically the silence of God? Um, how do you explain that? Um, so if, if a person is a Christian and they go through a aspect of their life when they feel like God has kind of withdrawn or is quiet mm-hmm. uh, with them, how do you explain that with both believers, mine's two part, and non-believers? Uh, so why God is, quote, silent? Yeah. Why, why is there times that appear, it appears that God is silent? How would you, if you had a... Uh, a Christian friend, and he came up and said, "Man, I'm I'm asking God about something, and I feel like He's silent. What do you think I should do?" Man, I was just thinking about something like this earlier this week. But, um, okay, uh, I would say to that, kind of two parts to that. I think sometimes I think it's easy to assume sometimes that we ask God something, we sort of set up our own timing on things. And I know this is going to sound sort of like the typical answer, but. I'm hoping I'm um, not sounding too cliched here. I don't, I don't think I don't think I am. I'm really hearing what I'm saying here. Yeah. So um, I, I, it's easy for a question like this to use the whole uh, scripture from the Bible saying God's ways are higher than our ways, but that's really true. <laughs> like 
we have to live our whole lives that way. And so, again, like I said, sometimes we'll pray for something. Sometimes we're uh, looking for an answer from God. But we sort of invoke our own little timetable on that. And we're saying like, okay, so uh, God, I'm, uh, I'm trying to get an example. I want a promotion in my job. I'm not sure if I should be looking for another job. What should I do? And really in our minds, we're kind of thinking like, okay, I want to have a new job. I want to, something needs to happen in the next like five months, six months. But is that really fair? Is that a really fair question to ask? So if God isn't, let's say, okay, let's just sort of reveal, let's have a little foresight here and pull back from the curtain. What if, because my goodness has happened in my life multiple times, is that there's something down the road that you have no idea that's coming. You think you have this idea about how things need to go. However, when enough time plays out, you know, now we're two, three years down the road and you look how your life went. You're like, man, I'm glad that prayer didn't get answered that I prayed before. And actually God was doing something this whole time. I just didn't see it. I wasn't looking. That's a better way of saying it or looking or listening. And God had something going this whole time that I had no idea was going on. I mean, I know I can say that in my life, not to get too sidetracked into this, but like there's been times in my life where I was like, even to right now, to today in, in 2019, to where I'm at right now, things did not go the way that I was planning them to go. But I would not be where I'm at today had they not gone that way. And I'm so thankful that the way I wanted things to go didn't happen. I'm tremendously thankful. Maybe on another episode, we can get more into that back in my late teens, early 20s. But uh, it, it, it was, uh, y- you never know, you never know. And um, what was the second thing I was going to get into? Oh, about so, that? so a great answer on the first one. Um, the second one, so that would be in the context of asking, you know, the perceived silence of God as far as a believer, because it's kind of a two, one, you're in a relationship with God and one, you're not. So what would it be? You know, my second one is it's a little bit different angle, but the same kind of principle you know, uh, a non-believer is like, well, hey, I don't, um, what's the big deal? You're telling me about God. Like, is he, uh, why isn't there, in essence, more evidence? Why doesn't God just, oh. you know, use the billboard, if you will? Are you, are you saying, okay, just just to clarify, are you saying that this this non-Christian is, uh, is actually calling out to God and not hearing anything? Or are you saying they're looking for evidence, they're looking to see if he's real or not, and because he's not proclaiming himself from the clouds, then yes, I'm the, the, the proclaiming from the clouds. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Clouds. So the hiddenness of God yes. would be, uh, okay. Okay. Um, so why is God that way? That's a good question. I, I, it kind of goes back a little bit. I think um, when we start sort of like what well, I was saying earlier, so we kind of impose our own views that we sort of want things to go a certain way. And, you know, Robbie, Robbie Zacharias brings up, he brings up a good point here, and hopefully this will um, kind of tie into what you're asking a little bit. Um, he was saying how a lot of people had the problem with, why does the Bible say that Jesus is the only way? Why is there only one way? And he always says, you know, if, if, we, if God had said there was 11 ways to get to him, we would have said, why not 12? So I, I, think, I think it's sort of like that, sort of that kind of mentality that, you know, I mean, if... Okay, I know how to answer that question. I know exactly how to answer that question. Uh, so a lot of people have, um, a lot of people say, you know, you, you hear a lot of these debates between theists and non-theists, and they're arguing the evidence of, for God and all that stuff. And, you know, we, we've, I've told you this before, and I've talked about this. Like, I, I would have personally no interest really going much, really going to the debate, really, participating in a debate. I don't mind listening to one, but uh, I wouldn't participate in one. Because I would I really get down to this one question. I say, okay, if we're going to argue the existence of God, let's say that I can prove it. Let's say, or let's just say this. I don't know what your your qualifications to what is actual proof of God. Like, what needs to be satisfied to to, to be evidence for you? But let's say whatever it was it happened. Maybe it was you need to go look up in the clouds, and then a heavenly being has to appear in all this. The question to me would be, I would say, okay, great. So now you know he exists. Okay, will you submit to him? Would you give your life to him? Because that's what matters. Who cares if, I mean, it really doesn't matter if you think he exists. I mean, the Bible says even the devil knows he admits it exists. So this question actually ties back into the free will. Yeah, kind of, yeah. I mean, yeah, it ties back because it's like if you're presented with enough evidence, 
would you would you choose or was your will to where you're not going to turn around unless you know god drives a mac truck over you you know you're not gonna you're not gonna you you know what i'm saying like it comes down to a a a question of desire and uh to me of will and desire uh because the evidence could it's i think that's a great point josh you the evidence could be uh, really compelling evidence, but if you're not interested, I don't know. Uh, let me just put it this way: There's time. There, I've made decisions in my life when I knew there was compelling evidence, nearly overwhelming that I shouldn't do something, and I still did it because yeah. I wanted to. Yeah. You know, then then you're getting down to desire and appetite, and uh, you know, it almost becomes us. Uh, it becomes a question of psychology, and uh, or as opposed to evidence. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. And a question of of motivation. And not signs, you know. So I, I think that I think that's a great. I think I sorry I had to I had to jump in on there, uh, kind of because uh, it's exciting subject to me. Yeah, I, I think on one hand you say you say proclaim from the skies, but isn't the hard sciences have never been more gave more compelling evidence looking to the skies for God's existence, right? Right, and I was trying to answer the question. I wasn't. I was trying not to go into like, well, let's go look into all the archaeology yeah. and let's look at yeah. the history yeah. and let's look at the yeah. philosophy. Yeah, sure. I was trying to go for more. Yeah. A different way of, of, of approaching that, but because if you if you really wanted to do the, the research, you know, <clears throat> the historicity of the of the Bible, and if you want to see, yeah. you know, the claims of Jesus, and if you want to look at the scientific uh, findings of uh, the fine tuning of the universe and the philosophical ideas, mm-hmm. you can go look into all that stuff. But again, like I was saying, like even if you, yeah, yeah, get that. So I'm not going to re- rehash everything I said. Well, so. yeah, in 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 it, it, I think one of the most compelling evidences, even with all the things you said. One of the most compelling evidences for me is my own desires, my own desire and my own needs. Um, as a human, uh, I need a savior desperately. And yeah. it was only, you know, so I, I think I think that's a, uh, yeah, I think that's a great question. Okay. So um, Ooh, I, I think that was a great answer. Do you have one more for me? Yeah. Um, actually, I do too. Because one of these oh, yeah. is to be really yeah. short, really, really short. Okay. I think. Yeah. This, yeah. Is, this is one yeah. I really wanted to ask you. I saw this on a forum and I was like, I got to ask Shane this. Are you ready? <laughs> Yeah. Okay. If there was no death before the fall, why do so many animals have predatory features? Wow. Wow. <laughs> That's a good question. It really, I saw it on a wow. uh, forum we both belong to. And I was like, oh, I had to sit there and think for a little bit. I was like, That's a tough question. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that is a good question. So if there's no death before the fall. So yeah, you know what? I do believe in adaptation. I do believe just like, um, I mean, there's, this answer is kind of two part. Um, I do believe there's uh, in our physical bodies that what we share with the animals, um, just like there was no, it's like, it's almost asked the question, how can our bodies eat meat if there, if we weren't supposed to eat if we weren't supposed to kill and eat animals before the fall, right? Right. So to me, it's it shows the highly adaptive. Our bodies are very adaptive, and I I believe is that a result of the fall, our bodies were made to both the the animal bodies and our bodies were made to um, eat meat as a uh, as a way of sustaining ourselves. Because um, I think, um, but I don't believe in the beginning. Uh, we were to kill and eat, um, to kill to eat. Is that kind of kind of makes you know? So I think there was an adaptability aspect that came into being because the Bible talks about, um, and the time of the restoration, the second coming, that the uh, lion will eat grass like the ox, and that a child can put their hand in the cobra's den, and the cobra won't. Um, you know, harm the child. And, you know, so I, I believe that, that we, our bodies adapted to the fall and they will adapt back. Um, and just like our body will be flesh and bone, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Jesus's resurrected body. I don't believe that he needed to eat, but then he did eat with the disciples. So I just think our body, our physical body will be flesh and bone. It will be, I, I believe the Bible indicates it'll be spirit powered not blood powered. And just like our body will be transformed, I believe we'll be able to eat, but we won't need to eat. And so I, I think it was an adapt. It was an adaptive feature. Um, God in his sovereignty um, said, now you will kill and eat. And I believe one day as the Bible indicates that we won't have that. So I, I believe that was a feature of after the fall. 
Okay. I'm just curious what you'd say. <laughs> what, do, what, do you, what do you, what do you, what do you think? You think that more or less is, uh, the response I had when I was, when I was thinking about that was what came to my mind was we, we have no problem. We, we don't disagree with or having problems with spiritual change, emotional change, but we do with physical change. Like we're, we're so quick to accept those first two, but when it comes to any kind of physical matter changing, that's where we draw the line and say, that's impossible. So I'm kind of curious why that's just sort of my, 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 it's not really an answer, but it's more my response to, because we're, that's what we're talking about. A physical, you know, we're talking about claws and we're talking about sharp teeth. Like, well, look at, look at feral hogs. You come, you live in Texas, you know, when a, when a pig gets out, a regular pig, they grow, they grow hide and they grow tusk. Regular pink domestic pigs, uh, when they go feral, that their body actually changes. I live in the and they, city. They become boar. They become boar-like. Yeah, they actually their physical body changes. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. So we, uh, you know, so I, I think, like you said, I mean, we, we absolutely believe that the human bodies are the biological body can change and adapt. Right. Right. You know. Right. Yeah. It's just like people telling me that that there can't be two people uh, that created all of humanity. You know, like that's not enough diversity, yet they believe all humanity came from the same bacteria, right? Like mm-hmm. all, all, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a weird argument when people say, oh, the, the ark story can't be true because there was so few animals that all the diversity we see in life couldn't have came from those animals. When that's the exact same thing that they teach is all diversity came from single <laughs> Right, single creation, right? Yep, yep. From lower life it's forms, funny how that and works. Then it grew. Yeah. <laughs> lower life forms, bacteria, and then it grew into all the diversity we see. What they call the what is called the tree of life, and yet then the, the arguments sp- turned around and said, "Well, that couldn't happen on the ark, though." You know, so I mean, it's one of those things where it comes down to what you said. Um, there's a lot more agendas per- masquerading as impartiality when when we're talking about these things, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of angles and agendas, but every and but then people are pretending that they're just happen to be asking a question when when it's really a loaded um, a loaded question. That's good. Oh, good. Jane, that was, that was what's your other? I, so you asked me the short one. What's what's your, what's the other? Oh, one? Uh, you got me. You got the. Oh, you got me. You got me pumped. Okay, we'll do one more. We'll go a little long on this. Oh, okay. do you want me to shoot? You want me to throw you one? Or I don't you care. Want to ask this one. I don't you care. Tell me. Whatever you want to do. Okay, give me give me a quick one and then I'll you throw want, one. Okay, out. I've actually this before. Okay. So, um, so I don't I don't know if you remember this or not. So this what this is one this is a personal kind of question I have. Okay. Okay, right. So I'm, I'm a personal I'm a personal kind of guy. Right, yeah. Perfect, perfect. <laughs> All right, here we go. So okay, so most Christians believe that if a baby dies, they go to heaven, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Is it possible that if that baby would have lived? They could have chosen a part, excuse me, chosen a life apart from God. So we'll I'll just take one baby out of all of those that have been killed. Um, and again, I'm, this could be never left the womb or maybe just, you know, a year or two old. Sure. That died. Is it possible that one of those that died could have chosen a life apart from God? That is a great question. Wow. That's a <laughs> great question. I will say this. There's an Old Testament story about um, King David. Uh, you, was... Go ahead. I had this down. <laughs> I think it's. I think I know you're going with this. <laughs> when I can't see that, that's you have a better memory than me. I can't remember if we talked about this or not, but uh, that and maybe we did talk about this. But how he was in a city, yep. and he asked, he inquired if. Um, would if Saul, who was his enemy, came looking for him, if he inquired of him, uh, or if he came to that city, he was asking God, would would the people of the city turn me over to Saul? And um, God told him, yes, they would. And mm-hmm. then, so David left. So that scenario that David presented to God never. And he happened. said too. And he said, but if God I answered, yeah. And he said, if I stay, will the people turn me over? Yeah. He said, is Saul is Saul going to come after me if I stay here? And God said, "Yes, he's going to." Oh, okay. Or, I didn't. And then he, it was and then he said, yeah. "If okay, well then, if he, if he comes, yeah. will the people turn yeah. me over to him?" Hypothetical, said, right? Hypothetical scenarios. Well, I mean, not. I mean, scenarios that didn't. That didn't. We, we develop, say that right? now. Well, yeah. I mean, not hypothetical, but 
scenarios that didn't happen. Alternate right? realities? Well, yeah, and God had the answer. He knew, and of course, being God, philosophically, he would know the answer to every question, whether it was asked or not, right? Or whether it mean, happened or not. What do you mean? Well, I mean, like what day, I mean, he, he, he knows have to be. Right. So he, yeah. and not to yeah. sound too um, Avengers Endgame here <laughs> so much, but yeah, does it kind of seem like that uh, sort of, not an alternate reality that exists, but that could have existed? Well, he know, but I think that, that that story circles back around and you see what Jesus says, hey, talking about particular cities, he said, if you would have, if the, um, if I had done the works I'd done in this city, if I'd have done it in that city, um, it would have, uh, that city yeah. would have totally changed, right? He, he actually presented that. Yeah. So Jesus idea. said, I would have known what would have happened. I know what would have happened, I guess is how you would say it. So, so yes, I would say, you know, you, so, so right? what you, yeah, go on. So what are you, what are you concluding? Go ahead. Um, I'm just concluding that um, that that question is absolutely that that um, if that person because that's what we believe why abortion is wrong is we believe that is potential and a life that's being cut short. So absolutely, I mean it all ties together. So absolutely, that person um, would have free will and could have chosen a life apart from God. Now, uh, did they? I mean, that's um, I would say I would say all day long, yes. That that child that passed away could have lived and then turned away from God, but did God allow that? Um, you know, I don't know. You know, we don't know as far as the, you know. Our job isn't to judge, as the Bible says. Our job is not to judge those on the outside. You know, so that that child would have be those on, would be those on the outside, right? So you're like that's 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 the aspect where we don't know, right? <laughs> so so you are yeah. saying so you're saying that. One of those children, children could have done that, but they're in heaven or will be. Yeah, yeah, I, I yeah, I'm saying that I, 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 that's what I think would happen. But I, you know, I don't really, um, I don't, you know, I, that that's that's a pretty deep question. Yeah, we don't really know, but um, it, that's no. You have a great answer. I think that's that's a good answer. I, I mean, but I, I think definitely, um, I think definitely you have to think that God, you know, He knows. What would have happened, and but we we know this: God is in the saving business. I think if there's anything short of violating um, free will to save someone, He will. I do think He has definitely shown a preferential what 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 theologians describe as a preferential treatment of the poor and the weak and the outcast. And I think if there's any way. Um, short of violating free will or, or, you know, that God, he, he's in the business of, of saving. So yeah, I, I definitely would always choose the side that would say that, that maybe that person um, got saved that wouldn't have normally been saved. You know, I, I mean, all day long, I'm going to go with the side of, well, let me ask you this. He's in the saving business. Yeah. Let me ask you this in a different way then. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so let's say, let's forget babies. Let's talk adults mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And let's say um, a person was had the gospel shared to them by a close friend mm-hmm. and gave their life to Christ, lived the rest of their life, you know, serving Christ. Um, is it possible that if, and, and, and maybe like in that moment where the gospel was shared to that person by the friend, if the friend maybe felt like, felt like, God was prompting them or whatever. I need, Hey, tell, tell them about me. Tell, 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 tell this story or whatever. And the person didn't. So like kind of another alter, alternate scenario here. Mm-hmm. And they never shared the gospel. Is Do you think that person who in the first situation accepted Christ, is it possible they would have never accepted Christ the rest of their life if somebody, I mean, do you think, or, or do you think God would have sent somebody else or is, it possible think, that no, or, was that, or is it possible that could have been the one chance that that, that I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm, I don't, I'm I don't trying to be that. careful I how I believe, ask. I, I, yeah, I, I believe that there is real consequences and God holds us accountable for people. But at the same time, I do think that um, Jesus in dealing with the Pharisees makes me think of that story in the Gospels um, where he heals the blind man. 
and um, uh, the uh, the Pharisees are discussing that um, the healing of this blind man, and it causes a controversy. And Jesus said, "You know, um, if you guys didn't have this attitude where you're trying to be self righteous, healing uh, on the Sabbath is that what it was?" Uh, yeah. And he was saying, uh, is that it's in John where he's, um, where the Pharisees are questioning this man being healed. And yeah, I think, yeah, he was healed on the Sabbath. And he said, you know, if you guys didn't have this attitude of self-righteousness, sin wouldn't be health, uh, wouldn't be, uh, charged to you the way that it is, you know, that his attitude, the Pharisees attitude, Jesus was saying brings on wrath and you, um, it's hard for me to think if someone has an open inquiring mind or heart towards God that, you know, he, he's in the business of saving people. You know, it's, he's not, it, this isn't neutral. The definition of grace, I mean, he, like you said, the greatest being ever did the greatest act for the, how did you say it? For the greatest, in reason. the greatest possible way, in the greatest possible way. And so, you know, he, I, I don't think that that person, you know, if the one, if, if some person didn't share, I think it's 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 negative on them and it's negative towards that person. But I don't think God would ever put a person's eternal destiny just on one aspect like that. Uh, one, you know, I, I I think he's he's much he's moving on on multiple planes and he's moving on a much broader level. I do think that there's definitely negative consequences, but I I would hesitate to say then that person is lost forever because one person didn't speak up, you know. Okay. I like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. We're going to wrap this up here. We're going, we went a little long on this episode. So but this is fun though. I like doing this, but we'll have to do this again. <laughs> Shane's like, okay, yeah, now I, I have a question. I do have uh yeah, I have, I have questions I didn't ask. So I have questions that I need to okay. use next time. I have a couple too. Yeah. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah I know well, you did. You had six. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I had another one I didn't write down, but maybe I'll, I'll put that one down. Well, it's having trouble, you know, keeping it, should we keep it more apologetical or more theological? So I was, I wasn't sure. We kind of did a little bit of both. Yeah. A lot of overlap. Yeah. 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 So, okay, Shane. Well, thanks for joining me and we're going to wrap this up here. And remember, you can always contact us uh, via email at switching lenses podcast at Gmail. You can find us on Twitter at lenses switching and Shane. And they they can ask their own questions, right? They can submit questions. They'd like absolutely. We'd love to have questions. That's something I would actually love to uh, start doing here real soon is taking some listener questions. So yeah, absolutely. Submit them. And uh, we're going to wrap this up. Jane, thanks for joining me. And uh, we will see you guys next time.